0: what is up my friends this is dennis taylor um i'm excited to be here like always full of energy full of life full of vitality welcome to my podcast and this is my fifth episode and let me check that while i'm here um i believe this is my fifth episode tonight today we're going to talk about something i believe passionately in um Oh, snap, this is my sixth episode. See, I already don't even know where I'm at. Welcome to the sixth episode of my podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about being quick to make decisions and slow to changing them. Very important in your life to be people who make quick decisions on things that are life-changing and then be slow to change. And I'm going to frame everything and reference everything, give examples of what I've done and what you can do to get things rolling in your life faster. But before we jump into that, uh, I've been trying these new breathing techniques that I learned through uh, uh, watching this guy, Wim Hof, the Iceman, right? You can just Google Wim Hof's breathing techniques. You can see him do it on Joe Rogan. And I tried it over the weekend and man, I'm telling you, felt vital, felt alive. I felt uh, oxygenized or whatever the word is, uh, I got a lot of oxygen in my body, and my cells, and my being, and I just felt vibrant and living. I was able to crush my workouts harder, and I was able to just kind of enjoy my weekend more because I had enough oxygen in my body to have me go forward and keep me energized because I do a lot of stuff. Uh, anyways, you could check that out on YouTube. It's super awesome. Okay, so today what we're going to talk about is being quick to make decisions and slow to changing them. A lot of people will stick on this, takes them forever to make a decision and forever to make a life change. And a lot of it is resistance. They're just, they're fighting against a force called resistance that keeps people from, uh, making any decision and they just get stuck on procrastination to actually changing. But the reality is, is those who make decisions quickly and, they're slow to changing those decisions are the ones that are actually the most successful in all aspects of this life. And I'm going to bring in my favorite book besides the Bible. This is my favorite non biblical book, non uh spiritual book. Think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. I love this book. I've read it countless times. I study it from several times throughout the year. I bring it out, <coughs> excuse me. And I, and I, and I, I read it, I I try to take it in and I don't know where this was springing up from within today, but making decisions is so important. So we've talked about a lot of stuff on my podcast so far, but a lot of it, if you go down to like the crux of it, you've got to make that decision to do the life changes and it's got to be quick. You can't be procrastinating all the time. Uh, so I think I'm coughing because I'm drinking a smoothie today. My wife made me a smoothie. Thank you. Appreciate that, babe. Um, then I threw a little bit of chia seeds and I think the chia seeds got kind of stuck in my throat. It's delicious though. The smoothie is amazing. Hmm. Yummy. So let's jump into this. I'm going to read a little bit of, of, uh, think and Grow rich. And when I was thinking about this this morning, like it, it welled up with inside me. He's like, I remember that. And I knew the principles of decisions. I'd studied them. I I'd, I'd taken them into my being and, uh, to be a person that makes decisions quickly uses his instincts, his intuition. I, I use my spirit contact the Lord to feel like if, if I need to do things fast or slow, and then I'm slow to changing once I've felt like I've made the right decision. Um, so I'm going to read a little bit of the excerpt of Thinking Grow Rich. If you've never read it, never heard about it, uh, just a brief synopsis of it. Andrew Carnegie was the richest man in the world in the 1930s, super wealthy. I think he amassed over $600 million today to worth over, I think over 8 billion. He was the richest man in the world. And, uh, he commissioned Napoleon Hill, which was a, he was a journalist. Um, he commissioned him to go interview The wealthiest people in the world and see what their secret is. Andrew Carnegie wanted to know what the secret was. What was their secret? And the crazy thing about this is he didn't pay Napoleon Hill anything. Napoleon Hill, and he he offered it to him. And Napoleon Hill, you can hear, he does these, uh, you can look at these lectures. You can Google Napoleon Hill lectures. And he lectures on these principles of think and grow rich. And you can hear him talk about it. And he talked about, he didn't hesitate one second. As soon as he was asked, he, I'll do it. He didn't know the ramifications. He didn't know what it would mean in his life, but he didn't hesitate. He made that decision in an instant. And Andrew Carnegie had already asked a lot of people before that, if they would do this undertaking. And a lot of them hesitated. And as soon as they hesitated, he pulled back off of them and didn't give them the opportunity to go forward with it. Well, so he commissions Napoleon Hill with a letter. And the letter basically would be like a letter from, you know, maybe like, Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or these rich people, it got him in the door of everybody. Andrew Carnegie was respected, maybe not loved, but he was respected. He was super successful. He he was a one of a kind and uh, got him in the doors of hundreds and hundreds of millionaires in the 1930s to see what their secret. We're not talking trust fund millionaires. We're talking a lot of millionaires who built it from nothing that came from poverty, from a poor situation and built up these massive empires. And Napoleon Hill was able to interview these people and able to get in their minds and see what would cause them to be successful. So he interviewed these people, uh, in the 1930s during the depression, right. In, in the time before America is what it is today, right. In these tech industries, these easy to make money. Um, he interviewed these people. And I'm going to read from chapter eight on the decision-making. It says, accurate analysis of over 25,000 men and women who have experienced failure disclosed the fact that lack of decision was near the head of the list of the 30 major causes of failure. And then he goes on to say, Analysts of, uh, analysis of several hundred people who had accumulated fortunes well beyond the million dollar mark disclosed that the fact that every one of them had the habit of reaching decisions promptly and changing these decisions slowly, if and when they were changed. People who fail to accumulate money, without exception, and it's highlighted, it's 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 italicized, without exception, people who fail to accumulate money, and you could say money could be success or it could be any undertaking you're taking, because it doesn't necessarily just deal with monetary money. Um, have the habit of reaching decisions, if at all, very slowly, and changing these decisions quickly and often. So in contrast, successful people reach decisions fast and change slowly, whereas unsuccessful people reach decisions slowly and change very quickly and fast. So let's go back to the first part of that, where he said that analysis of several hundred people who had accumulated fortunes well beyond the million dollar mark. So several hundred people in the 1930s who had accumulated fortunes well beyond million dollar mark. So million dollars isn't much in today. I mean, it is a lot. I mean, if you had a million dollars, it changed your life. But if you look at these people who have money, it's like people can make a million in a day, right? Some of these people, um, a million today is not what it was back then. So I pulled up this little calculate the value on this uh, dollar times.com and it, it counts for inflation. So Napoleon Hill said several hundred people who were had accumulated well more than a million dollars. So it could be well more. It could be 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 million. I just put 5 million. 5 million is five times a million, right? That's five eggs. That's well beyond it. $5 million in the 1930s would accumulate to over $71 million today. I would say someone would be extremely successful in our society with $70 million. And I'm not saying they've been given 70 million, that they have built it up from scratch companies from nothing, ideas and thoughts into an empire that their personal wealth was worth $70 million. That person would have insight to something. And that's what Napoleon Hill was talking to. Those are the people he was sitting down and and gleaning and and extracting information from their brain. These people who were super successful, self-made, very different than given trust fund people, people who have been given money. These people came with the you know, their bootstraps, right? They built it with their bootstraps, put their head down, went to work and made things happen. Now I'm not saying that that's how everybody should be, or these people should be idolized or anything. I'm not saying that. I just want to get in their minds to see if I can take the principles of their success on their monetary success and their business success and see if I can put that in other aspects in my life. Because my goal is not to have $70 million in the bank. Why? That would not be my personal goal. Maybe yours, not mine. But you can glean and learn from everybody. And that's what Napoleon Hill did. And he went on to say in that chapter, which is far more important to me. um, I've highlighted about three paragraphs here. Um, He starts talking about Henry Ford. And then uh he skips on, he said, The majority of people who fail to accumulate money sufficient for their needs are generally easily influenced by the opinions of others. They permit the newspapers and the gossiping neighbors to do the thinking of them. So if you put that in today's time, they permit the media. Gossiping neighbors would be social media to do the thinking for them. They base everything off of media and social media. Opinions are the cheapest commodities on earth. Everyone has a flock of opinions ready to be wished upon anyone who will accept them. If you are influenced by opinions when you reach decisions, you will not succeed in any undertaking, much less in that of transmuting your own desire into money. I'll repeat that. If you are influenced by opinions when you reach decisions, You will not succeed in any undertaking, anything. See, I'm not talking about money here. He wasn't talking about money here. But then he said, much less than that in the transmuting your own desire into money, if you're taking the opinions of other people. He goes on to say, if you are influenced by the opinions of others, you will have no desire of your own. It's hard to have a desire in this world, if you're influenced by the opinions of other people, it says, this goes on, keep your own counsel. When you begin to put into practice, the principles described here by reaching your own decisions and following them. So it's saying, keep your own counsel. When you take what I put in this book and you start to follow it and make your own decisions and you're following them, he says, take no one into your confidence except members of your mastermind group and be very sure in your selections of this group that you choose only those who will be complete, will be in complete sympathy and harmony with your purpose. All right. So that mastermind group has to be very selective. It could be zero. It could be just you, right? If you don't have the right people, you just don't willy nilly put people into that mastermind, that close group where you're actually taking information to make decisions. It goes on close friends and relatives while not meaning to do so often handicap one through opinions. So they often handicap you or people when they, when he says one, he was referring to a person, close friends and relatives, while not meaning to do so often can handicap one through opinions and sometimes through ridicule, which is meant to be humorous. Have you ever said something or set an idea and then you had a family member throw a joke on it? That's what he's talking about. And it handicaps people because you're going to them for their advice, but they're just giving you their opinion and they might not be in your mastermind group, right? Thousands of men and women carry inferiority, in inferiority, infuri- infuri- um inferiority complexes, whatever that word is, um, with them all through life because some well-meaning but ignorant person destroyed their confidence through opinion or, or ridicule. So they have this inferiority complex because someone has crushed them before. Right? He goes on to say and this is the last thing I highlighted. You have a brain in the mind of your own. Use it to reach your own decisions. mm. Mm, It says it right. Opinions are the cheapest commodities on earth. Everybody's got them like an asshole. Everybody has one. I love that book. There's so much right there that I just shared. Um, So much in that you have to keep your own counsel. And I can say that I've been a person that has cared a lot about the opinions of others. I cared a lot about what people thought of me. I cared a lot about if I hurt people's feelings, if I if I hurt, like if I try to do something, and I cared too much about people who should have had zero weight in my mind on decision making abilities. Now they have maybe weight in my heart because I love them. But they have no ground to make decisions in my life because they don't have that weight or that expertise or what i needed to make a decision and i've been ridiculed by people that were close to me for business decisions i've made just like it says in that book i've i've experienced those things i, I bet you are listening to this now and you're like damn everything that he just said and read that's applicable to my life cuz it is we have to be people who make decisions quickly with our intuition, with our, with our spirit, with our feeling, with our, our, our innermost being. And we have to be people who change slowly off of those decisions. You can't be like a wet noodle or a lily in the wind that's just blown about by every wind. You have to stick steadfast to what you decide. Here's some examples. My best friend in the world, Robert, he's told me plenty of times. He's like, damn, Dennis, I'm I'm impressed. He's not impressed about everything in my life. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be a real person, right? But he did tell me once, he said, damn, Dennis, you're fast as hell when you make a decision. You jump right on it. Like there's no hesitation. And he's absolutely correct on that. I haven't always been that in my life. But when I make a decision, I jump, I jump fast on it. For example, I made a decision in 2015 to, to go more of a vegetarian, pescatarian diet. And I just made a decision one day and I just didn't look back. Literally, like, put down the beef, put down the chicken, and went that way for well over a year straight. It didn't work out for me because it just I lost so much mass in my body and uh, my iron levels were super low and i would kind of fallen victim to the propaganda videos on Netflix and most of those videos on Netflix, uh, are propaganda videos. Look who's the directors are, go see the director's pasts. Most of the directors are animal rights activists. So they have an intention to, to shift narratives. Okay. Um, that was one example. I've recently, uh, kind of taken up a low carb, high fat, more like a ketogenic diet, but really just putting good fats, stuff like avocados. I do this thing called Udo oils blend. I take that a lot. Um, excuse me, coconut oil, eating good, healthy cuts of meat, uh, good, healthy chicken, grass fed only, super organic, lots of vegetables, um, cut out almost all the sugars. Like unless they're sugars that's coming from fruits, um, that's about it that enters my body i've i cut out drinks chips uh refined carbohydrates and i just went on it like boom next day that I, I just started learning about it it makes it made sense in my mind and i'm telling you I just jumped right on it and i feel amazing like i'm high energy as it is but now I'm like supercharged turbocharged i haven't lost one pound people are like oh you're gonna lose weight I haven't. I've actually gained weight and muscle mass. I can tell my body's shaping differently. My workouts are, are better. Um, I can tell that my, my belly fat's been trimmed while I'm gaining weight, which I want to gain weight. I want to, I want to put on more muscle mass. That's my goal. So I've been hitting the weights hard and I've been hitting my nutrition hard too at the same time. So it's been awesome. Okay. Another one was moving. This is another example of making decisions quickly in my life, because I, I can't be a person here that tells you to make decisions quickly, and then I can't give you no background or evidence that I've been like that. I was uh, living in Moore, Oklahoma. I was working for Chesapeake back in 2010, I believe, 2010-ish, and uh, my wife was going to OU. I was working in Chesapeake. I was driving to to Northern Oklahoma, North Oklahoma City up uh, by the Northwest Expressway where Chesapeake has their campus. Uh, I was about 35 pounds heavier than I am now. And that's a lot for me because I'm not a real heavy guy. I was fat. I was a fatty, fatty, fatty in my stomach. My, my legs were blubberous. I didn't work out. Um, we lived in an apartment. It was the worst experience of living we've ever lived in. We lived on the second floor in the middle. So there was two corner apartments and we were in the middle. We we felt like we were rat in a, rats in a cage. It was horrible. Um And we paid pretty good money for it because it was a good apartment. But it was just a one-bedroom apartment up on the second floor. And it was horrible. The experience was bad. And we watched this movie called... uh Um, let me, let me search it real quick. I believe it was Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges. Let me look it up real quick. Crazy Heart. That's it. Um, he's a old washed up country singer traveling. And I was watching that movie. And I was sitting there. I I remember it to this day. It was freaking eight years ago or around, probably around eight years ago. Um, That came out in 2009. Exactly. Um, Anyways, we were were watching on that. We rented it Redbox. We were watching it. And what touched me about it is that guy had. He'd done what he loved. Phone's going off. He had done what he loved, but he had lost himself, and he wasn't. He had a screwed up life, and what it touched on me was that I wasn't pursuing any of my passions, and I wasn't. I wasn't being fulfilled. I was super unhappy, and that guy turned to booze. I'm not a boozer. I'm not. An, I'm not an alcoholic. Um, I don't turn to alcohol when I get down. And I just knew at that point, I said, babe, I turned to her and I said, I'm not happy. I remember crying and I just being like, I've got to change my life. I got to do something different. I made a decision that day. And I believe within like a week or so, I started looking for other jobs. I got a job offer. Uh, I got a, I applied for a job in San Antonio and Fort Worth. I wanted to move back to Texas, but my wife was still in school. So I got the offer. I accepted it on the spot. Like I talked, we had already talked about it, but I accept that. Uh, yeah, I will take it. Boom. Um, and I think it, w- it was like a, a two week turnaround before I'd already quit. And then I started working in another state with nowhere to live. I had to move with my uncle in Texas and my wife had to move in with my aunt in Oklahoma. So we had literally, uh, in a split this second, um, in a split second, we had, uprooted everything and put ourselves in very uncomfortable situations living with other people. I made that decision quickly because I knew in the heart of hearts, that's where I needed to be. Okay. Another example, I, uh, we were living in Grapevine and I, I knew that we couldn't stay there. It was very expensive to stay in Grapevine, but we needed to be there because we, my wife was about to have a baby. So we were about one mile from the birthing center and there was something in my gut being like, you need to be close. Uh, so we looked in Hearst, we looked in Bedford, which are close to Grapevine. We even looked at—we sold our house. That's why we were moving, because we wanted to be uprooted and we wanted uh, flexibility if we were called to do anything. And we even looked at renting a house right over the right across the street, basically from where we lived at. But I knew in my heart of hearts that even though it was more expensive, we needed to be close to the birthing center. Well, when Bianca went into labor, like she she was in labor for a couple hours without realizing it, and when she went into like the harder labor. She had that baby in 45 minutes, literally. Like she was sitting on the, on the, on the, she was, you could tell she was on the medicine ball, kind of doing some, what they're, what she, what she practiced, breathing techniques. And then boom, the water broke and I was like, oh, snap. Took her to the bathroom, put her in the car, drove to the birthing center. And within like 15 minutes of being at the birthing center, she had the baby right away. Liliana at our, at our daughter. And, uh, we had to be in Grapevine. We had to be one mile from from there because otherwise we were 45 minutes from there, from Fort Worth. And we had made that 45 minute drive when Denny was born and it was super tough on her. And uh, with Liliana, we wouldn't have had time. I would have had to pull it over and had the baby on the side of the road. So we had to be there for a reason. And I knew it and we moved there. Well, then when when the time was coming up, i made a decision quickly. I was like, all right, so we're gonna move to Brady. You know, we're going to move to where we live at small town and, uh, made the decision instantly. Didn't hesitate on it. Got everything up. We're right around Thanksgiving. And we're like, boom, we're moving. We took our stuff, put it in storage Christmas. We took our rest of our stuff, put it in storage and we moved there. Um, that's, those are examples of moving quickly, making decisions and not changing them slowly. Uh, another one was businesses. When I saw the current business that we're in, that we've built up, that we've made good money with, that we've been able to be free from our jobs for two and a half years, I remember seeing it. And I I looked over it, looked at everything that my mom had sent me. She had been on the product for a couple months and I saw the results. I did, she felt better, I could tell it. And I looked at it and I remember I was sick. I had the flu, I was teaching, I was around all those sick kids all the time. I didn't take care of my health. You know, I don't know what I believe about the flu, but I I wasn't healthy because I wasn't putting good stuff in my body. Um, and I made the decision that I was going to join within 24 hours, and I made the decision that I was going to go all in and I was going to build this thing up because I already had results indirectly, a third party from my mom. But I, it was my mom, right? So I hadn't had the results yet, but I knew if I could do that for my mom, I could do it for me. So I joined right away. Boom. And I had the belief in the conviction. Boom, we went and we did well. Um, Why do I say all this? I don't say any of this to brag. I've made bad decisions, but I've stuck with them, right? I've made great decisions and I've stuck with them. I've taken taken this principle of being a person to make decisions quickly and slow to changing them intrinsically inside my being about who I am. I was maybe a, a month ago or less and I was in my kitchen. And I was like, you know what? I want to fix my brand. I want to, I want to be me. And I was just sitting there and I told babe, I told Bianca, I said, I got to do this. And she looked at me and she was like, wow, that already meant you're doing it. (laughs) She knew, but I, I definitely wanted her to, um, to see where I was coming from. Cause inside my heart, the moment I said, I wanted to, I wanted something that was me, I was already doing it. It didn't matter the cost to hire branding experts. It didn't matter any of that. I knew at that minute that I was going to make a a decision to be myself, to build my brand around me so it was real from my heart. And I made that thing quick and already got the ball rolling fast. I slept on it. I, I sleep on any big financial decision overnight. I don't get pressured anymore. You ain't gonna pressure me. You know why? Because I'm me and I'm not you. I'm not gonna allow you in my effing head. You're not getting into my head, you're not getting into my heart with your message. I'm gonna make a decision because I'm not gonna allow your marketing to sway me. I knew instantly it didn't matter the value because hard work and dedication and with a desire and a purpose, and I'm gonna I'm gonna relate to some people. Some people are gonna resonate with what I've got to say. I already know that. That's who I want to talk with. That's who I want to put this message in front of. And so when I made that decision to rebrand all my stuff, I knew instantly who to go to. I knew instantly what to do. And after that content just started flowing out of me every day. I've been able to just freaking put some freaking fire in some documents that I'm going to release through my blog. And I've been able to put some good stuff on this podcast without having a big production. You know, I'm doing this free. This doesn't cost me anything to do this. And people can listen to this for free without even expecting any kind of advertising or, get, or making any money off it. I don't care about that. I want people to change their lives because I've changed my lives on decisions I've made quickly and changed slowly. I made a decision at an event, the first company event. It was January of 2014 that I was at. That's the first company event I ever went in network marketing. It changed my life. I was in the back. I heard my best one of my best friends one of my mentors talk about Jim Rohn's library. I love Jim Rohn. I love his ideas. I love his common sense, things I agree with. There's some things I don't, but I don't agree with anybody on anything, on everything I'm in. I agree with people on a lot, but not everything. And he just said that that library could change someone's life. And I was sitting there holding my son and I was like, I'm gonna buy that thing. It was like freaking $400. Well, I gave up my Christmas present and my birthday present that year. I didn't ask for anything. I just said, I want this now. It was July. I wanted it by the time school started because when I drive to school every day, that's what I, that's what I want to do. That's what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to put that in my mind and reshape my mind. And I made that decision quickly. And right after the convention, I went and bought it straight up. I paid $400, I believe for the library, got all the audios, all the books, um, It changed me because I was able to put other stuff in my head than talk radio, sports radio, right? So I don't tell you to make decisions quickly and change slowly if I'm not a person that's done that. And I have done that. And when I've done that, I've made some really good decisions. And I trust Napoleon Hill's words because he spent the time to interview these people over 30 years. He spent a lot of time talking to these people, learning from these people, people who would be considered the 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 uber rich this in this age. And they were in their age, and they were self-made men who changed their fortune through a lot of principles that he's talked about in the book. One of the ones I believe that stands out is to be able to make decisions quickly. So I've talked in this podcast about what would you do if you come up to me and ask, my life sucks, what do I do? Change your health. Make a decision, like a decision. Cut off from your old style. Come into a new life style and go forward. Start exercising, not to your max. Go about 70% of what you can do. But do it every day. You only take about 90 days and you're going to feel freaking amazing. If you're completely out of shape, within 90 days you're going to feel great. If you don't, go to your max every day. That's what they'll try to teach you in America is go to your max. Go to your max. But you're going to be sore. Don't go to your max. Just get your heart rate up. Get moving. Put good nutrition. Cut the freaking sugar out and the refined carbs. Put good fats in your diet. You want to know how to burn fat you gotta eat good fats. It'll make you burn fat and not sugar right you'll be you'll be living off of off of fat fatty acids instead of burning the glucose research it it's not for everybody they've proven that some people have a genetic gene that it will not work for them but if all you're eating is refined carbs and sugars you're never gonna lose weight you're gonna store it like blubber. But if you want to change your life, like that's what we talked about in my podcast, the very first one, if you came to me, what would I tell you? I would tell you to make a decision. And when I say make a decision, I mean, make that decision and don't go back. Now you might backslide, you might regress. That's fine. You pick up again and you make another decision and you go forward. Ties and lows. It can't always be on the, on, the ascendant, on the ascendancy and it can't always be going down. It's got to be a balance, a wave, kind of like a mountain range. You're going to a peak, then you're going valley, then a peak and a valley, but your valleys are never as low as your last peak. You know, I've talked about reflecting on your life. Look at what you've done that's negative. Look at what you've done that's positive. Make a decision. To chase the positive in life. Make a decision to enjoy your life. Make a decision to have happiness. Make a decision to secure your finances so you don't have to work a shitty job that doesn't fulfill you. Find out what fulfills you and chase that. Very simple. It's not hard what we're doing here. Sacrifice a little bit. I talked about that. You got to be willing to sacrifice. That's what making a decision is. It's cutting off. You're sacrificing something. You're done with that. And I can speak of this because I have the experience. Okay, I have the experience of being a person that's been both. Everything I've spoke about, I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I'm not being fake here. I'm being real, opening my heart, trying to help you. Trying to share with you what's touched my life. You got to make decisions quicker. Quit procrastinating. All that is is resistance. That's trying to keep you from being who you truly are and reaching your potential. Listen to me very closely. You were created in the image of God. You have divine potential within you. You have greatness within your being. If you don't feel any of that inside you, you're doing something in this life wrong. And you can make a decision to change it today in an instant. But only you're the the one that's going to be able to change that. And if you're living a life that you're unsatisfied, that you care about what people think about you on social media, if you're letting the media and social media influence you, if you're allowing other people's opinions to weigh you down on what you feel like your body should look like or what you feel like your bank account should be, or, or you're not doing this or that because you care about what other people think, you have no desire. You can't have a desire because you care about what other people's desires are for you. You have to let all that go. You have to make a decision to change and make an incision to cut off that old crap and let it go. If you're not happy, you're not focusing on the right things. If you're not struggling physically every day to get better, you're not going to grow. You got to work out. You got to eat healthy, good healthy food. I'm not saying doing a crappy diet with no fats that tastes like crap. The food I eat, it tastes great. And I'm gaining muscle mass, lean muscle mass. I'm burning fat. I'm going to get a six pack. And that was never possible. I've never had a six pack in my life and it's coming. I can already see it. And I haven't even been doing this long. And I'm not busting abs every day. I'm just eating them healthy. And I'm working out. And I'm being cognizant about what I'm putting in my body. I'm excited about that. And that might not be your goal. And that's cool. I don't know what your goal is. I don't know who you're keeping counsel with. I don't know if you're calling everybody in your, in your circle, asking their opinion. But should they be the ones you're making a decision based on their information? Or should you be going by your gut intuition, blocking out the negativity because negative, t- negative people are like vampires. I cut them out. If you're negative in my life, cut you out. You're not sucking my life juice. My energy is not flowing to that source. My energy is going to flow to a source that's positive, a source that lifts my family up, that lifts me up, that pushes us forward every day because I've made a decision quickly to do that. make that decision, whatever it is for you. All right. I got to go. Uh, I could talk forever. I really could. I'm long winded, but I'm not going to talk unless I have real substance or value to say. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, if you want to connect with me, shoot me a message, Dennis Taylor on social media or Dennis Ray Taylor or Dennis R Taylor. Look at me. I got my picture everywhere. Who I am. I'm an open book. You can reach out to me. I'd love to hear your insights, hear what you're struggling with, see if I could help you give you my perspective and, uh, you take it a grain of salt, right? Take everybody's perspective as a grain of salt and then choose what you want to use and go forward with that. But, uh, uh, appreciate y'all always for listening. And we look forward to seeing you letting you, uh, letting you enter my heart and let me enter your heart and, uh, see if I can help touch your life. And if you found value from this, please share it. Um, touch someone's life. And I, again, uh, straight gratitude. Thank you for listening and, uh, hope to hear you and see you on the next podcast. you have a blessed day.